Hi, lovely people. Charlie Brooks here. In case you didn't already know, Anne Summers stands for female empowerment and sexual wellness and has been placing women at the heart of their conversations for over 50 years. Responsible for putting pleasure on the British high street, they make it their mission to put women's needs first. They have created loyal and flourishing communities such as Fan Summers and the Pleasure Positivity Project. So head to your nearest store to speak to one of their expertly trained colleagues or shop online 24-7 at ansummers.com. So what am I hoping to achieve from this? You're what? hoping to come away with positivity. Obviously. <laughs> You're hoping to come away and hearing that it hasn't been done before. Yes. That's probably your main thing, that your project has legs. Yeah, like the clitoris, <laughs> which has many nerve endings in its legs. <laughs> and the hood. Um, most importantly, how they would see a joint venture working. Ultimately, that's the goal, isn't it? They know that this is all a first-time thing for me. They know that you're here to be an extra pair of eyes and ears. Well, Remember that too much naivety. No. Because business is business. Well, I, but I'm not an idiot, am I? And that's partly why you're here. So I'm a bigger idiot. <laughs> okay, so maybe I'm jumping ahead here. Let's start from the beginning. I'm Charlie. I'm an actor. You may know me as a certain infamous soap villain. Safe to say, I'm probably not the person you'd expect to be talking about clitoral nerve endings, but here we are. You see, I've learned something about the clitoris that blew my mind. It's not the shape we think it is. It's actually a wishbone with legs and bulbs, not just the hood at the top of the vulva. And it got me thinking about our bodies and pleasure and things started to make a lot more sense. And then I had what I can only describe as a 3am brainwave. Why not make a vibrator that actually mirrors the shape of the clitoris? I told a friend, who seemed to be really into it, which I took as a good sign. And then I spoke to some more women, got some really good feedback did some market research and, unbelievably, I couldn't find anything similar. And so for the first time, I thought, maybe I'm onto something here. I've always been intrigued by business, but it's felt far too daunting to try before now. I don't know if it's because I'm about to turn 40 or if I'm tired of doubting myself. But for once, I feel like I should be brave. So I'm on a mission to bring this product of my own design to market. Ah! <laughs> this is completely new for me and I am way out of my comfort zone. But it is for a good reason. It's about trying my hand at business, having open conversations about self-pleasure and educating ourselves about our bodies. I'll be speaking to experts and recording my journey along the way. Trust me, you're going to hear a lot of voice memos, audio diaries and meetings throughout this. And I'm hoping to learn a thing or two about my own pleasure and business as well. I know they say never to mix the two, but I think in this case it's worth the exception. 
welcome to Coming Soon. I should say here before we start, I have a teenage daughter and let's face it, no one wants to hear their mum talking about sex or pleasure. So I will do my best to make this as honest and as informative as possible without horribly embarrassing her. Wish me luck. Okay, so session one. This recording is for you, so it's not going anywhere, obviously. However you want to show up, Charlie, is perfect with me. And so I just want us to relax and take some nice deep breaths in. Okay. It's 2019, and I don't know where to start with the idea. I went to college for just one year, never been to uni. Acting has been all I've ever known. And although it's been an incredibly rewarding career, I have a massive sense of imposter syndrome when it comes to anything off screen or stage, even creeps in there occasionally. So for me, this is a real step into the unknown. I feel like I might be on the brink of something great and I just need some help getting there. So I thought I'd give life slash business coaching a try. Awesome. You know what? What you're describing is so normal. Everybody, everybody feels that when, really? they, when they first start connecting. Coming out of that first session, one thing that is clear to me is that I really need to get a hold of my inner critic, otherwise known as the inner bitch. She runs riot every now and then. If I'm going to be out in the world, talking business, pitching even, then I really need to work on this. And breathe. While I get a grasp of life coaching, I want to take a moment to talk female pleasure. As I start to explore bringing a product of this nature to market, as both a public figure and a mother of a teenage daughter, the prospect of talking about female pleasure is uncomfortable, if I'm honest, and I can't help but feel that this isn't a new feeling or that I alone feel it. Female pleasure is rarely spoken about publicly. For me, at school, sex education was non-existent beyond how to avoid becoming pregnant or getting an STD. Absolutely no mention of female pleasure at all. And I'm guessing it's probably a similar story for most women out there. The fact that the clitoris is actually wishbone-shaped was only discovered in the 90s by a urologist called Professor Helen O'Connell. Even when she published a paper about it, the scientific community didn't pick up on it for years afterwards. Now it's finally becoming common knowledge, but female pleasure seems so easy to ignore, in spite half of the world having a clitoris. One organisation that really helped with my research was OMG Yes. Google it. It's a platform that researches pleasure 
and the different techniques women use. They name these techniques and make educational videos about how to do them. It's great stuff. The one I'm interested in is layering. It's essentially indirect touch around the hood of the clitoris and seems to fit with my vibrator idea. So I'm going to speak to one of the research scientists there. And please go easy on me. I've never interviewed anyone before. I'm experiencing a lot of firsts here. Okay, that, that's recording. I'm just going to share that screen quickly so you can just check. Okay, here we go. Testing one, two, three, testing. That's really close to my mouth. Hi. Really nice to meet you, Christiana. So happy to have you. You okay? My pleasure, Charlie. I'm so pleased to join you. Can we start by you telling me a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do? Well, my name is Christiana Von Hippel and I am a research scientist at OMGS.com. And I conduct research through a wonderful partnership with Indiana University and Kinsey Institute researchers, as well as our wonderful in-house OMGS research team. And my passion has always been to explore at the population and community levels what makes flourishing happen, what circumvents taboos, what busts taboos and allows people to flourish in the areas of life that are most important and joyful for them. So I really focused on women's sexual pleasure and that's what we do at OMGS too. There is a lot of important stuff that you're doing there. I can't wait to learn a little bit from you today. Can you just give me a quick overview really on what OMG is? Sure. Yeah. OMGS.com is a website and it's accessible all around the world. So we have men and women and non-binary folks uh, using our site to explore female pleasure. So it's really accessible to everyone. The meat of our content is really around sharing evidence-based, open, honest conversation of what works for women to experience more pleasure and new different kinds of pleasure. We learn from tens of thousands of women about their experiences with specific sexual pleasure touch techniques. And we're conducting studies all the time. So far, we have studied 20,000 women to find patterns in what works for them. And we give those patterns that rise to the surface of our surveys and interviews names so that they're relatable, easy to use in the bedroom or in talking with friends. Our process really starts with qualitative, open-ended interviews to say to um, women that we're, we're asking to participate, we know that there's been no study of this before. So we're going to ask you direct questions about your experiences and tell us all the details about what the technique is that you found that's made the biggest difference for your pleasure, that you wish you had known sooner, that you would love for somebody else to learn at this point in her journey so that you know she doesn't have to reinvent the wheel on her own. We dive into how. Can you take uh, a woman along the journey with you so that she can go home and try this step by step? And so we have videos of really honest conversations between the women that use the technique and our interviewers or they demonstrate um, on their bodies how that works. Well, I applaud them and thank them enormously. It's super important, you know, and I was just so thrilled to find a platform that had this information. So that's how I sort of heard about the term layering for the first time, which I know that OMG labeled. How many new techniques have you found? Well, on the site, we have showcased 25. We have original collection, which is about uh, the external vulva clitoris uh, stimulation techniques. And then we have an internal pleasure collection. We have collected more and more really, um, but we're just releasing them in this kind of staged flow on our website so that we can really do them justice. So you mentioned layering. That's my favorite. That's a really popular <laughs> one. 
Yes, and and so we showcase how women do that by indirectly touching their footers through the skin of their clitoral hood, through the lips, through um, fabric, which is the least direct way. You know, some people like to touch themselves through a blanket, so that's a pretty thick barrier, so it's a more diffuse touch. Um, or through their underwear, which is a little, little thinner fabric. You know, we found that two thirds of women absolutely love using indirect touch for stimulating the clitoris because it is really intense yeah. to touch the clitoris directly. Absolutely. Two thirds of women use layering. I mean, that is so helpful to hear. I guess the next step is to actually start speaking to product designers because I really need some help. So, okay, picture this, an upside down roll top bathtub with a bath cushion at one end. That is how I'm describing my design. The idea is the cushion vibrates against the hood of the clitoris and the rim of the bath against its legs. I know, I know, I know that this needs some work, but I'm about to start talking to business people and I need to have my spiel sorted. To start with, my friend gave me the number of a guy called Gordon, who is a product designer. He helped me to talk through my idea and didn't seem too embarrassed when I started talking about clitorises and vulvas, taking that as a good sign. He gave me some good pointers and I've been spending the last couple of days fashioning a model around my kitchen table out of clay. Now, luckily this is a podcast so there are no visuals because I am not blessed artistically, let me tell you. But the main thing is that after speaking to Gordon, I set up a meeting with a product design company and my friend Sarah came along to hold my hand. Now, the company didn't want to feature. Fair enough. But you're about to hear me pitch for the first time and TBH, I'm booking it. Shall we? I'll just come, come on. coming in there. I will share my idea with you the best I can. See if you think it's a goodie. <laughs> um, so through, you know, through exploration of my own body and discussions with many girlfriends, um, I, I just came up with an idea that I can't seem to see on the market at this point. Um, we know the clitoris is in the shape of a wishbone. Many of the products that are on the market are wand types, um, you know, great big, hard dildos, do you know what I mean? Hilariously, I had a little play with some clay. It looks like a dinghy, and I don't want it to look like a dinghy. No. So I, I don't want this hole in here, and I want it to have more depth, and I want this to come out. I just couldn't achieve that. So this lovely sort of raised padded area, like um, a pincushion, uh, that vibrates gently. And then the mechanics going down here that would vibrate and motor, and then this. What I discovered through making this dinghy was that you could, it's got a handy, handy finger hole. It's got a handy finger hole, so, you know, you could gentle insertion at the same time. But I would imagine this on the main clitoris area to be a gentle sort of vibration, then the deeper, and then I don't know if it can increase in intensity around here or... And that's enough of that, but you get the gist. As pictures go, I do feel like I did okay. The next step is that the designers will call us tomorrow with a follow-up plan. Yikes. Hi, girls. <laughs> really exciting. Like With the business plan, we need to basically get ourselves into a position, don't we, to get this seed funding. OK, let me summarise what they said. I would need to raise between 100 and 150 grand for the prototype. One 
working prototype that is, for me to then take to investors to demonstrate. Once we have an initial investor, we would then have to go to another funding round to get the product mass produced. Now that's a lot of money for one prototype. I also need to start pulling together my business plan and funding. There's a lot of stages to get this off the ground. And how can multiple people test one device? There's a lot I haven't thought about here. We'll have a talk. Thank you so much, girls. It was lovely to speak to you. So, woke up today having had the long chat about exploring a potential deal. Um, I feel really encouraged by it. I'm trying to get my head around all this business lingo and, you know, the more I sort of hear it and the more I'm surrounding myself with it, the more it kind of stays in my head. I am learning, I'm taking notes all the time and I am trying to expand my knowledge of thinking like a businesswoman. You know, most of my email starts with, hi babe, hi lovely, kiss kiss. Such a lovey. <laughs> so I'm trying to be more professional um, in my quest to get this business off the ground. So we need money. We need to get some money together. We are doing this without our own now, ordinarily, I wouldn't even know how to research, uh, but this is very different. And I've never been that much of an academic. So actually having to discipline myself to sit down at a computer is something new. I don't know. I, I actually quite enjoy it as long as I know exactly what I'm doing and what I'm looking for. So today I'm looking uh, and researching crowdfunding and options around that and getting a list of potential people together who I feel may invest in this project. Um, I'm going for, at this point, the 200k marker. As soon as the business plan is ready to go, then um, I'm going to target those and and hopefully help them understand what a shit hot product this is going to be. Yes, I've never done this before, but I just, I want to learn and I want to try something new. We've got to see what we can do. So wish me luck. One thing that keeps coming up for me in this whole experience so far is how important it is to normalise talking about pleasure. The more people I talk to, the more used to saying words like vulva or clitoris I need to be. And it reminds me of something that Christiana said when I asked about why there's so little information on women's sexual pleasure out there. Women's sexual pleasure and the study of sexual pleasure in general has been shunned by society as well as science. And we're highlighting that, you know, unabashedly exploring and talking about human experiences is important. And in sexual pleasure, we're highlighting, you know, the specifics that have never been discussed for women. And the more we can name them, show them, and encourage people to continue exploring throughout their lives, the less power a taboo has. Mm. We're really part of a, a wonderful cultural shift right now. And that's extending into academia and science around being open about discussing quality of life as just as important as, you know, avoiding negative health outcomes. Yeah. Um, you know, embracing the, the wonderful parts of life that studying them, putting names and numbers to the experiences helps normalize and celebrate the range of, of things that make people feel good. And um, yeah, and the response to OMGS has been so overwhelmingly positive in terms of our feedback from the community, but also we've been able to publish these scientific papers that fills this age-old gap um, in, in the science, and it's just been really exciting. 
Can you talk to me a little bit about wellness and what has the response been? So we know from sex research that experiencing pleasure, sexual pleasure, sexual satisfaction, as well as, you know, just engaging in masturbation um, or a better word for it, maybe solo sex or self-pleasure has lots of wellness benefits. What we're highlighting is really around, you know, women's experiences of pleasure as they self-describe it. One might be more confidence. Mm. You know, one might be more agency to use language to ask for what you want. Really, there are endless benefits. And part of OMGS's mission is to make it very clear and exciting to everyone that pleasure is a wellness outcome. Absolutely. It is the be-all and all of this particular aspect of human lived experiences of joy. Coming out of this conversation with Christiana, not only am I seeing the immense benefits of having these chats, I'm also feeling a bit bolder in my ability to have them myself. So, I'm changing tack for this next meeting. I'm going this one alone with Rend. They're a prototype manufacturing specialist, so it could be a cheaper and quicker approach. Here we go. Hello, John. <laughs> I'm Charlie. Um, Shall I tell you a little bit about what? Yeah, uh, I do. Yeah. Excited to hear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got an NDA that I need to obviously. We're happy um, to sign it. Um, so obviously, I'm just starting out. I've never made anything before in my life. I've yeah. just had an idea, mm-hmm. which is based around. Um, suddenly feel really girly stood in between John yeah. and Mark. Mark. Yeah. <laughs> um, a new idea for a, a, v- a female vibrator. So it's for exclusive use by a woman, mm-hmm. for a woman designed by a woman and the clitoris I don't know if you know is shaped like a wishbone and uh, okay you've heard this before I'll spare you get the picture sort of yeah so does it sort of cup around it would cup the vagina that's exactly what it would do just to say I know it's vulva 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 (laughs) I mean even saying vagina is a step in the right direction growing up I used to say oh I can't believe I'm going to say this, but growing up, I used to say mini or nunny new, which just goes to show there's been some improvement. How how would this work? Can you talk me through it in baby steps, please? Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, well, it starts with a conversation. Yes. What we're having right now. It's, not the, it's not actually the first time we've been asked to, uh, to make something. Ha- oh, so you, it's, good. Yeah, it's been the first time. It needs to start with some sketches, some concepts, whatever you can provide. Just getting some stuff sort of drawn down so that we can better visualise what you're trying to achieve there. What we would then do is, is sit is sit down and go, right, what, what's the mechanical sort of characteristics of this and what's the aesthetic external and, and packaging? And when I say packaging, I actually mean like the silicon outer or whatever it needs yeah. to be. We would then give you a quote and say, right, first of all, we need to come up with an aesthetic prototype yeah. for you to say, yeah, this is on the right lines. We'd then be able to use that model to go overseas and go, right, let's start getting some indicative prices for manufacturing a mould for this. We would then do exactly the same thing for the electronics side of it as well. So we would start to say, okay, for us to prototype and actually design the internals for it is probably going to cost about this amount. And then once we've done that, we would look to um, you know get that overseas and see exactly how much that's going to cost on mass, and then we would look for um, we would look for one of the companies to contract assemble these units. We can get the packaging done overseas, or we can get it done over in the UK for you, and and that's really how how we run. I would suggest that we would really need to see what 
what your what your concept is first. Yeah. And then we will be able to basically at the end of that sort of confer for a few minutes and say, yeah, this is something that we that we believe right. we can put together. It's coming out of this meeting with the guys at Rend that I'm really starting to understand what it's actually going to take to bring this idea to life. But looking at the options before me at this point, I've also had a bit of a wake-up call. All the product designers I've spoken to have been so helpful with their time, but both of these different routes rely on me putting significant money into getting the prototype made before I can even get in front of investors. Now, I've spoken to a few people who are interested, but at the moment, I'm just trying to sell them an idea. And it feels so risky to put money behind a prototype that might not even get investment. I have never run a business before. I've never done anything like this ever in my life. And I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Maybe there is a simpler way. Okay, so I'm here. I've got all my branding ideas. Um, I've had a... Uh, graphic designer do my branding and it came through the other day and it looks stunning okay so I'm currently with my friend Alice as I have a big meeting next week okay so we're going through Charlie's amazing emails and um, found some content which we can slide straight into an intro so we're going to do a presentation deck now I can't say who with but they are a big deal in the world of sex toys And Alice is helping me to put together a brand book because I am rubbish at computers, only just really teaching myself to do emails, et cetera, et cetera. Title page, we've got the introduction to what my product is about. What's on the market? Vibrators, we'll talk about vibrators, obviously. Oh, we're going to talk about the market. So let's squeeze in here our market. Talking about to all of our friends. Who this is aimed at. Yeah. Yeah. And why? Because I do think, you know, the younger generation of kids openly speak about masturbation more so than our generation. Mm. That, yeah, I'm interested too. by people who aren't. Yeah. Um, our age group of friends, unless you're really tight, I don't feel like they have the conversation. To actually that. admit that, oh my God, that they do anything down there. Mm. Some of them, it's like they're scared to go down there. Just scared to go near it. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, we have quite an open, diverse group of friends. It's not like, yeah, you know... Um, interesting. Mm. Okay, uh, we digress. Again. And then the great eye feeling of you. Then the reveal, yes? Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I've decided to call the toy the U, as it's shaped like a U, and it's all about you. How much about self-care it is, not getting inside our own heads, because this really is about me taking a chance on on trying to build something and make it happen. Mm. It just so happens it's a vibrator that mm. I think is a brilliant idea. Mm. I don't know if the rest of the world will. It might sell too and then never be seen again. Mm-hmm. You know, And so that's what this has also, the story of, of the you is that you can do try be anything, mm. you know. Um, I think that what will come along, that doesn't have to be all over the product by the time through press then that will already have been said which will have to be navigated very cleverly i don't want it to be like oh do you need from your standards selling a vibrator like with my face on the end of a big penis <laughs> that's not what this is <laughs> it could happen not what this is. and we will well, embrace it because all press is good press well, Charlie. i know i know i know you know the chances are obviously it will go down that road a little bit but mm. the navigation of the pr has to be strong yes that's all i'm saying Right, okay, so how many pages is that? Right, so we've got title, intro, all about the market, um, product research, yeah. and 
um, we were going to talk about Reveal. the clit. Ah, yes, the wishbone, the shape of the clitoris, and what the U will do for it. Where the U fits in. So, I think this is going to get really boring. To yeah, I was just about to record. fade it yeah. out, don't okay. I'll do it now. So, the one thing I should say here is up until now, I've been doing this all by myself. But this next meeting would be a completely different way of working because they already manufacture toys. They have factories and designers on hand. They know about motors and medical grade materials, everything I don't. And I think this is a good moment to recognize that my acting career and name probably landed me this meeting. And luckily for me, has definitely made part of this a little bit easier. I'm still terrified. I'm full of self-doubt, as always. But if I can get through this, I know it will be okay. Unfortunately, I can't share that interview with you. But you'll find out why later. So here's me and Tony, my ex, my daughter's dad. He's become a successful businessman over the last 15 years and has been very inspiring. He came along with me to this big meeting and this is our debrief. Yes, very good meeting. Very proud of Charlie, thought she held herself very well. That's really sweet, thank you. I feel um, like it went really, really well. I don't know if you're gonna feel intimidated in the situations or if I'm gonna sit down and they're like rolling their eyes or what sort of silly product has she got. I didn't know what to do first. It's like making that small talk with people, isn't it, in the room where you're waiting for people to arrive. And I know, you did pull everything out pretty fast. I know, I put that's, it all out quite quickly. That's the only thing I would have said to you. Let her go through the document first, then pull out the prototype. They like to see things like that and digest it a little yeah. bit. Yeah, and when she turned around and said, I haven't seen anything like this, I was like, oh my God. I was expecting that to pull out like two or three hours ago and it's very similar to this child. True, so was I. Yeah, I think, you know, that was a really good one. She really knew her stuff as well, didn't she? Yeah. They liked their name. They did, didn't they? Yeah. He's nervous that I'm not going to get the trademark. I need to get the name, don't I? I think they're very interested. I actually think you should do it now. Do you? Yeah, I think you should go for it. But that's what scares me. Like, that's serious money for me. (sighs) You've got to own your own product, Joel. You've got to own your own IP. Yeah, I know. You've got to. Okay, so I should ring Simon then and say, let's do it. Do it now. Do it now. I'll do it now. Hello, you have reached the voicemail of Simon Craig. When you finish recording, please hang up or press the hash key for more options. Simon! Are you all right? Um, You can probably tell by my tone of voice that today's meeting went very well. And um, I can't wait to tell you all about it. In the meantime, I would like to start um, processing the application for the name The You, please. All systems go. (laughs) And I really can't wait to text and go, got the fucking name, because he doesn't think I'm going to get it. Oh, honestly, I can't even believe I'm talking like this. Feels coming out of that meeting like I'm, I'm really getting there, and that feels good. I also. I am very excited. I found out. 
today I've got a phone call tomorrow with the head buyer of Anne Summers, um, which is going to be really interesting. I'm a bit like, oh God, I need to figure out what questions I need to ask. Like, what do I want from them? They would clearly be a strategic partner in this. Um, they messaged me saying they are really interested in this idea. They are really interested in female empowerment and they love the idea of our podcast and what this story is and what we're exploring. So potentially they could be a really great partner. I'd be mad not to see what they have in mind. Obviously they've got to like the idea. I'm not going to give too much away. I'm going to talk a lot about what I want this vibrator to bring, I suppose, what goes with it. And who knows? I think once more, I'll do a lot of the listening. Um, but there are so many things to consider, you know, all the negative connotations that do go with sex. But um, yeah, I'm intrigued to hear what they feel they might be able to offer um, and what they would potentially be looking for. It's another tiny baby step forward, one little step in front of the other. You know, but doors seem to be opening. Movement is happening. Um, a way, that's my dog growling at me, <laughs> presenting itself to me in a way that's um, easy. And it's making it easy to move forward with it and nothing feels forced, which is, I think, how it should be. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> my dog is calling my sausage. Clever now. Coming Soon was brought to you by Audi and features me, Charlie Brooks, with contributions from Christiana von Hippel. Produced and edited by Holly Aquilina with sound design by Ivor Manley. The executive producer is Ellie DiMartino. It's Charlie again. I just wanted to add, Anne Summers empower their customers in the bedroom and in the boardroom too. As the founders of the iconic Anne Summers parties and the creators of several safe communities, they have allowed women to establish their own businesses and feel seen and heard. Head to annesummers.com to find out more. It's a business doing pleasure.